Heavenly Father, we pray that we would know that love tonight, that love for uh, the lost. Father, we ask that we would know the, the restoring power of Jesus, for we ask it in his precious name. Amen. Hopefully by now you have had an opportunity to visit the prayer room in the upstairs room in the hall. And among the many prompts for prayer that you'll find there, there are the, sorry, there is the prayer for the world corner. And on the table there, there are some fact sheets from the Open Doors World Watch List. Each year, Open Doors produces the World Watch List, highlighting the countries where Christian believers face the worst kinds of persecution. But you can read about and pray for at the top five, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya and Pakistan. Christians in those nations and in the other 45 nations on the world watch list. They face danger and persecution just because they are Christians. Many face the choice between denying Jesus and death. And time and time again, Christians choose Christ and death rather than denying their Lord. When we hear of what is happening around the world, we realise just how easy we actually have it here in Northern Ireland. It's not illegal for us to meet together tonight. We aren't in danger of the secret police interrupting our meetings. We're not in danger of being arrested or of facing death because we belong to Jesus. And yet, even here in Rich Hill, there might still be some pressure to deny Jesus. They might be more subtle, but they will still come. It might be as you call into a friend's house on the way home this evening, and they tease you about being in church on a Thursday night. Or maybe in your workplace when you're asked what you did at the weekend and you share all sorts of things except where you were on Sunday morning between 11 and 12. Or perhaps a friend will challenge you about something that the Bible says and and they say, you don't really believe that, do you? How do you respond in those moments? The pressure is on to conform to avoid embarrassment to not be put on the spot and so you smile and you try to dodge the question now in case you're feeling guilty and before you switch off take heart you see rather than the bible portraying these perfect people and honorable heroes God, in his grace, gives us the full picture in the Bible. As Oliver Cromwell is reported to have asked when having his portrait painted, he wanted warts and all. 
And so the Bible shows us what the first Christians were really like. You see, we think of Peter as one of the heroes of the faith, the bold, outspoken, courageous, always first off the mark, leading disciple. And we look at him and we think he must be in a league of his own. So high above us in rank and power and privilege, he wouldn't do the things that we have done. And yet look at him as our reading ends tonight, verse 62, if you've closed your Bible, page 105.8 and 105.9. As our reading ends tonight, verse 62, he went outside and wept bitterly. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's go back to the start and see how Peter finds himself weeping bitterly and what it might mean for us. Back in at verse 31 at the bottom of the page, Jesus is still in the upper room with his disciples. They have done what we will do in a few moments' time and share in the Lord's Supper. When suddenly... Jesus shares some surprising words with Peter, who is also called Simon. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Jesus says that Satan has asked Jesus for something or has asked God for something. Other versions suggest something even stronger than just the word asked. They use the word demanded. That Satan has demanded to sift you as wheat. That you there at the top of the page, as you can see, has a footnote. And that you is plural. Uh, you all, or the Northern Ireland version, usins. All of you. Um, oh, Satan wants to sift all the disciples as wheat. Now normally when I hear of sifting, uh, it normally makes me very happy. Uh, because it means that Lindsay is busy in the kitchen with a sieve and some flour. And that means that in a little while there will be some cakes or buns to sample. Uh, good time. But it's not such a good time for the flour in the sieve. You see, it's shaken about, it's bumped about, the, uh, the, the lumps are taken out of it. It wouldn't be so pleasant for the flour. And for the wheat being sifted in the original picture, it was to be shaken up so that the chaff would be removed and the wheat held in the sieve. But this is Satan asking for the disciples to be sifted, to be buffeted, to be tested, to see if they will give up on Jesus. All the disciples will be sifted, but Jesus tells Peter that he is praying for him, that his faith may not fail. Now, do you see how Peter responds to these words? Verse 33, but he replied, Lord, 
I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. The other Gospels recall similar words of bravado, where Peter says something like, you know, even if all the rest of those guys fail you, I'm not going to fail you. They might fall away, but I will remain with you. But even at this point, Peter is being sifted. He's being tested. And then Jesus speaks the unthinkable for Simon Peter. I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And we're not told here how Peter responds to this. Matthew and Mark both tell us that Peter says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. He doesn't believe what Jesus has just told him. But you see, it's one thing to declare love for Jesus and, and, and to stand with him in, in the upper room where it's safe. It's quite another on the dark hillside of the Mount of Olives or by the fire in the courtyard of the high priest's house. It's one thing to sing our praise to Jesus here in church, but another thing by the fireside of a sceptical friend. So what will happen to Peter? By verse 54, Jesus has been arrested on the Mount of Olives. He has been taken to the high priest's house. The rest of the disciples aren't mentioned. They have already fled. But Peter, Peter follows at a distance. He hasn't given up yet. And Peter joins the crowd by the fire. He's settling into his place. He's getting warmed up whenever the first accusation comes to him. Verse 56, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. She may have been among the crowd that had gone to arrest Jesus. She may have watched as Peter swung the sword and took uh, the high priest's servant's ear off. She knew him. She had seen him with Jesus. But he quickly denies it. He says, woman, I don't know him. A little later, another accusation comes. You also are one of them. Man, I am not. And an hour later, a third accusation comes. Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Remember that this is all taking place in Jerusalem, among the city slickers. Galilee was away to the north. It was a more rural place. It was uh, possibly considered as a little bit more backward. It would be like someone from a rural part of Northern Ireland being up in Belfast. You can tell they're from somewhere different. And because I lived in Fermanagh, I'll I'll claim Fermanagh um, heritage for a moment or two. You know, you can tell if someone's from Fermanagh. 
little bit of a different accent. Apologies to Fermanagh folk here tonight. So to be a Galilean where Jesus was from was to be seen as part of Jesus' group. Of course you're with him. You're a Galilean. But look how Peter replies. Verse 60. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the cock crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. In just a few words, we get the drama of the scene. The Lord turns and looks straight at Peter. And Peter weeps bitterly. What a turnaround. In the course of one evening, I am ready for prison and death. I don't know him. So was Satan triumphant in his request? Remember he had requested that the disciples be sifted like wheat? It looks like they've all failed the test. They have all abandoned Jesus and Peter, despite Jesus' prayer that his faith may not fail, Peter has failed. Peter has denied his master. So is Satan victorious? Are we pawns in Satan's hand? Are we under his power? Well, definitely not. You see, Satan does not have any power over us by himself. He is on a leash. He had to ask God and be granted permission to sift the disciples. His testing of them still lies within the power and sovereignty of God. And in the heat of the trial, we can easily forget that God is still in control. But more than that, Jesus' prayer was answered. It might not look as if it was. Peter had denied Jesus after all. But this was a momentary stumble. This was not a a final Fatal fall like Judas in his betrayal as we saw last night. Look again at verse 32 and see what Jesus prayed. He said, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. In advance. And yet, even before the fact, he paves the way back. 
He gives him the job of strengthening his brothers when you have turned back. After Jesus is raised from the dead, he restores Peter on the beach beside another charcoal fire. When he asks three times, Peter, do you love me? And three times Peter replies, you know that I love you. Peter would strengthen the brothers when he had turned back. And he still continues to encourage and strengthen us as we see how he denied Jesus but turned back again to his Lord. This episode is written for us to show God's grace in Peter's life. And just seven weeks later, on the day of Pentecost, Peter would stand in the very same city and declare that Jesus is the Messiah. He would not deny Jesus again. So if you're feeling the heat, if you're under pressure, if you are being sifted. Remember that Jesus is praying for you. He is seated right now at the right hand of the Father. And remember that in Jesus, your failures are not final and they are not fatal. Because in Jesus we have the victory. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you so much that you're the God who restores that you're the God of the second and third and hundredth chance. We thank you for your grace to Peter and your grace to us. Father, we pray that we would know afresh that grace tonight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.